I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put them on me, cameras on me, yeah, yeah. Put them on me, put the cameras on me, yeah. I'm coming close Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown in a depressed Los Angeles, humid, moist space. It is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, the host with the most. And I'm here with my brother, the Icons. You feeling Icons? It is a nice, cool, brisk night here. I feel great, even uh, though my Rams have taken defeat. The nice, warm, 76-degree <laughs> temperature, Batman. So, uh, well, by now you all know what happened. It was, in fact, not Ram time. <laughs> we thought it was going to be Ram time. Both of us felt really good, and both of us were totally and completely wrong. And I don't know. I just want to cover it soup to nuts, as they say <laughs> in the entertainment soup business. To nuts. Soup to nuts. I want to cover it top to bottom. Um, I have to say, I felt like the real MVP of the Rams in this one was Wade Phillips. Oh, no question. Wade Phillips will get your defense together. His father was a defensive genius. Guru. Yes, he shut down Joe Montana in his heyday. Which is came out with the 46, and they'd never mind. <laughs> what was that, dude? Dude, that's the 46. Dude, don't mess around with Phillips, bro. He'll pull out the 46 on you. Yeah, he brought out the 46. Yeah, and it changed the game. And I tell you, this go-around, uh, Wade Phillips, we just watched something that's just totally and completely unheard of. Wade Phillips. In football, in general. Especially now. Yeah. I want to put out something else. Pretty well officiated game. Yeah. Which is not something that not you in the to beginning. say. Wait, I, I was like, oh, here we go. But then they toned it down. Yeah. I, I don't feel like the rest were a factor in this game. No. Even though that the, the Woods catch looked like he, he grabbed his arm a little bit early at the elbow. But oh, what can oh, you no do? Oh, no question. He had the P.I. Like there they was like, a couple of times with P.I. Because even when uh, it was down on the sideline, who was that on the sideline? Not um. I'll get back to you. Okay. So, yeah. So, but by and large, there was not one specifically egregious play where you're like, hey, here we go. The refs are now involved in the game. The ref has injected themselves in a way. Now, well, they did it early and it was recoverable because the Rams got a turnover. But when the Patriots had, it was like a 45-yard turnaround because it would have been third and long, like third and 20, but they ended up getting the first and first off of a personal foul, un- unnecessary or defensive receiver on tackling the running back in the backfield. I didn't understand that, but it wasn't something that was detrimental to the game. Right. Yeah. Well, either way it goes, I, I don't think that it was that – you know, I don't feel like it was that big of a deal. To me, the MVP was for the Patriots was Sean McVay. He's the MVP. Unbelievable. And he's on the radio right now telling everybody how he tricked. I heard him on my drive over here to the studio. But I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Saying how he's he knows that when he watches, he's going to want some plays back. All right, let's just start it off. What's wrong with Todd Gurley? Nothing. And Ty Gurley came out and said it. McVay came out and said it. Everybody is saying he's okay and he can't get in the game. I'm listening to people saying how he's, you know, how he had a, a bad game or you, he didn't have a game at all. A couple weeks ago, I actually thought it was really ballsy of McVay to pull Gurley in, uh, in New Orleans when Gurley, you could tell his mind wasn't right. It's right. like the moment was too big for him. Yeah, he got shook. And, and he pulled him and then he pulled him back in in the fourth quarter and Ty Gurley did what Ty Gurley does. In the game tonight, he the was only time that the Rams whatsoever looked like they were dangerous was when Todd Gurley was peeling off 12, 15, you know, quick runs like that. Well, you know their record. If he carries the ball 15 times, you know what their record is. 11, 600 and 0. Yeah, 11 and 0. 
How many times did he carry the ball? I do believe. I think it's a nice, robust 10, I do believe. Just under the number. Yes. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. You're talking about it. You're talking about a guy who is arguably, you know, um, the best running back in football. I don't even know how arguable it is, but he's the most dynamic player in football. On the and definitely on the off, offensive side of the ball, he can do everything, and he's a game changer. And the and thing is, you okay, won't let he him didn't, change the game. He didn't. Okay, he didn't. It didn't pop at first. That doesn't mean it's not gonna pop. Everybody, well, including you, Bill Belichick, you? knows that you're gonna run with them. So that's why you continue to pound. But where do you figure that it didn't pop? I'm just saying early. They tried with him early. I mean, he he had, super he had, early, super he early. And one carry, they took him out. That's one too many. <laughs> And then you say, oh, yeah, man, he, no, he wasn't effective. No, he's not effective if you're sitting on the bench. I wasn't effective. I was a thousand. Eating some habanero wings that burned up my stomach. I, 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 I got it. <laughs> and that's a, but you you had a game, though. I had a game. You had a game. You executed your game plan. And I'd listen to Ty Gurley talk about it afterwards, and he's not upset. And if I was him, I wouldn't be upset either because he can't do anything. He said when his number is called, he's ready. That's all you can do. I'm prepared. Now, C.J. Anderson actually tapped his helmet to say he needed a breather, and Todd Gurley had that look like you look when you're a good athlete that's riding the bench and was like, oh, me? <laughs> Todd Gurley looked like he wasn't really crazy to get in the game at the moment. Right. I'm going to spell C.J. Anderson, and I'm, I was the MVP for most of the year? Come on, man. I mean, this is McVay. He's got to wear that. And I don't even know if I can be down with the Rams organization if you're going to play the game like this. Every I know, year. Now, this is one two years in a row. You did it last year going, against the Falcons. Let's not even go every year. Let's go the games, the big games, all the big games. Every game that you look at that they lost. The Bears. The Bears. Um, they, what did he touch the ball? 12 times? He didn't touch it much. Something like that. When Todd Gurley. When they lost to the Saints I, the first I, time, the same thing. If I had a, If I had a knock on Todd Gurley. And there's not really much you can say bad about the guy because he's a stud. If I had a knock on Todd Gurley, it would just be that he's a rhythm back, meaning he's got to be worked into the game. He's not going to – but most backs are like this. But it's not like he's just going to pop in and, and go nuts. You know I don't I mean? agree. I think you go, he can go nuts. He can go freaking nuts if you let him. No, but that's what I'm saying. But you, need to, you, need, to the top, him in, I, you need to feed him. Well, and then when you hear people being down on Jared Goff right now, I'm not mad at Jared Goff either because the moment compl- looked too, the moment looked too bright for Jared Goff. It but didn't look too bright for me because the, he Todd Gurley sets the pace for the whole team. He I agree with he that. He compliments, so you can take the pressure off of Jared Goff if you run the ball. But they didn't even run the ball that much with C.J. Anderson. So I mean, no, you can't. You can't. Put- it's like they just abandoned the run for some reason. Yeah, and and he's talking about it. McVeigh is talking about it, but it's too late now. You lost. And I don't want to hear about next year and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the nows. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable situation. You look at it, and and every year we're talking about next year. This was a real torch-passing moment. You know, this is what it should have been. And the real pressure is on Adam Levine. <laughs> Adam Levine, for some reason, is like a is an old dude with way too many tattoos. <laughs> what are you doing, Adam? Oh, do the biker club. What is going to be, young man? <laughs> he, he ripped his shirt off like he was going to have a political statement on his chest. And it was like a butterfly in California. <laughs> What's going on here? Man, I wasn't supporting. I was, I was, that was my little boycott. That was supporting. your protest? You didn't miss much because I'm going to tell you what. Time. Uh, all-time great Atlanta rapper, big boy of outcast fame, and then his own daddy fat sacks fame, was, uh, he did one verse. That was his performance. One verse, him and Sleepy Brown from I Like the Way You Move. 
and it was like a it was almost like a token nod. Then they had Travis Scott. I don't know, man. I I, I don't. That was the the most. That was the perfect Super Bowl halftime show to go with that Super Bowl mm. because that Super Bowl was anticlimactic. I didn't. This is the least amped up I've been about a Super Bowl game ever. I can't remember caring Me less Me after I watched the Super Bowl. Well, and you know because honestly, the I know that the Patriots are going to run off until the sunset with the great Patriot parade and all that kind of stuff. But Tom Brady looked terrible. He looked hideous. He looked hideous. <laughs> I mean, he was throwing wobblers out there. He he was having a hard time reading the defense. That's why they had to stick to the well. And what they did was is that, and this is this is also a testament to Belichick because what they did was is they punished him and they said it was he hadn't been sacked the entire playoffs well guess what he ended up on his butt a bunch of times against sue and and aaron donald Mm -hmm. and they put pressure on him they sacked him immediately tom brady is not above getting the happy feet right and if you put pressure on him early he will get the happy feet and he'll throw the ball up and that's what he did he gave you the old soft shoe and but you know here's the thing and this is the greatness this is the greatness of the pats some I had a caller tell me offline that the Pats are both lucky and good because they heard the rant that I had about the Pats being lucky. But they and it's true they are they're both lucky and good. Oh, we got our special guest in the house. Oh, there he is. There he is. Jazz musician. And my man is in the house, Eric Harlan, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, get them, get them headphones on. Why? You know how them headphones work. Man, look, look, let me get in here, man. Get in here. Get in, you might want to take your coat off. It gets, it gets hot at night. Okay. But, uh, okay. but, uh, we're here, uh, 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 jazz man extraordinaire, a drummer, a personal friend of the Ozone is in town. What's up? Just, just to sizzle up. The the just to sizzle up Los Angeles with some some smooth tunes. Smooth. I went and seen him last night, and if you you missed him, you had two nights to check him out, folks. Y'all played around. This is Eric Harlan. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. You yeah. Need to talk about me though. We, we, we need to talk about this game. That's what we we need deep into. Man, pull the pull the mic closer, brother. You you so smooth. The jazz so smooth. <laughs> Welcome but, to the O's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we're talking about is the Patriots being. I went on a rant a couple weeks ago. Okay. About the Patriots being the luckiest sports franchise in the history of sports. And if you go time after time after time about how they get all the calls, right. or if not all the calls, somebody does something that's absolutely and completely ridiculous that benefits them, like the guy playing 94 snaps and deciding to line up in the neutral zone on the play that Tom Brady should have thrown the third and final interception of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which negated that. By the way, that same individual decided to be in lined up in the neutral zone in the Pro Bowl the next week. He has a problem with lining up in the neutral zone. So that's where he lives. <laughs> you, you he lives live in the neutral zone. You live, I'm he, in the neutral zone He lives space. in Switzerland. <laughs> it's neutral. Well, he got I'm real the, estate there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And so we were talking about that, and then offline a caller told me, you know what? You're right. They are lucky, but they're also good. And okay. you can't hold that out. And it's the truth. They are lucky and they're good. Tonight... I feel like this is the least impressive Tom Brady performance I've ever seen. Yeah, and they called him out on it. Finally, yeah, the this, announcers, the hunter announcers. This, this him was out. this was to me honestly. I think this was maybe a worse performance than Peyton Manning had in that that game that they won. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. 
That's the only thing that he did was that he hit Gronkowski with that big pass. That's Huge a, pass. That was beautiful the only thing that he had done. Beautiful teardrop. That, that made me think that he had played a little bit better game than Peyton Manning. Than Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning I don't think Peyton Manning went more yards, than 20 yeah. yards. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he went more than 10, 15 yards. Yeah. yeah. But my problem, like with the Rams, they were down, it was third and 20-something, and they're running and, the ball. And now you want to run the ball. Third and 23, and now you want to run Gurley. So what, we, what you missed is we're talking about how you have the most dynamic player in football and the the best running back in football, and you don't give him the pill. Hey, but didn't that happen with Seattle? Well, no, 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 but no, no, they ran one play, but they ran Marshawn the whole night, and they they didn't run. They ran a they ran a wheel play actually to set up that. If you remember up the Uh sideline, but but if you look at if you look at how many how many touches that Marshawn got, we're talking about Todd Gurley. This two years in a row now with the Rams, where the Rams will be eliminated in a game where Todd Gurley gets the ball less than fifteen times. It's not acceptable. No, not at all. Unless there's something wrong with him, which he's come out and said that there's nothing wrong with him and the coach. And everybody else, they said they hasn't there hasn't been anything wrong with Todd Gurley since the Philadelphia game where they took him for an MRI and he came yeah. back clean. And there's nothing been there's been nothing wrong with him except for them not using him. That's what's wrong. Hey man, maybe freshman legs, man. <laughs> freshman legs four years in on your senior year. <laughs> freshman legs in your senior year. I don't know about wow. that. Man, I wanted them to win so bad, man. It, uh, of it, course, the whole nation. It, I don't. I hate to say this. But, but there's something directly tied with rooting for the Patriots. It feels like you're rooting for the Trump administration. It yeah. sure does. Well, you know why? It, it, it just and feels Trump, like that. And Trump called it today. You know. Well, I know that. You know. Uh, uh, they, they, uh, we'll have them at the White House. They love coming to the White House. <laughs> like, no, they have not. You, they have not been to the White House with him. They didn't win last year. Exactly. Exactly. But the Patriots have that allure. Yeah. They have that Yankee kind of allure where it feels like they've won the Super Bowl. It feels like the Yankees, <laughs> regardless of the Yankees know. not winning the World Series in 10 years, every year the spring training starts, it feels like the Yankees just won the World like, Series. Wow, man, the Yankees won enough. Man, they were so good. What is that, a 50-60 World Series now? <laughs> you know, and uh, man, I don't know. I got Boston Mike that just uh, that just decided to text me, and Boston Mike told me somehow or another the city of Boston was able to weather a 97-day drought of championships, and uh, it was I difficult. But the whole they 97 down days, on these, they? are you crazy? They hold it down. Only thing that we can say about them is they got bum weather. Hey, World Be- Series? Super World Bowl. Series. They beat the crap out of the Dodgers in the World Series. And in, in a crushing fashion, not and even in like a... And the Celtics aren't this, that bad. And then and, and I just talked to, to Troy OG on my way over here, and OG was like, yeah, wait till the Celtics get Anthony Davis. Jeez oh, Louise. Man. Yeah, man. And so they can't get him. No. Something's happening in Boston. They're putting something in the water and as well as something in the referee's pockets. Exactly. But uh you just took the words out of my mouth, man. I mean, but the Red Sox it's didn't it. cheat. <laughs> the Red Sox just dominated from the, even though they beat your Houston Astros. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. Eric is from Houston and we've had some good old times, especially the oh, year that uh God. in twenty seventeen, the year that the Astros went seven and beat the Dodgers in Woo-hoo. seven. <laughs> he's a big Astro fan. Here. Yeah, I'll go wherever I had tonight. I'm off the baseball. My man. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the front page of Houston Chronicle, yeah. I think it is. Because we were standing right behind the <laughs> when when uh when George Springer hit that last bomb yes, in sir. game seven. And I lost which was it. and and the guy that was sitting next to us was classic H Town. Mm-hmm. White cat with a grill. Yeah, boy! Oh. That's what we talking about here. We out here now. Yeah. Why do you gotta be white? <laughs> I'm just telling you, you give me classic. You can go style. back to the you know, you go back to the paper. You can see him. That's yeah, my boy. And he's exactly. row on the paper. He had the stunner zone. He had on the stunner shades. It was yeah. a night game. He had on the stunner shades. It was fantastic. I love that guy. Cowboy. Did you get his number? No, you know what? I don't. I don't have very Paul Wall esque. 
<laughs> you say it's very grills. Mm-hmm. Call me George for me because I'm selling everybody grills. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so oh, we in here. Now. This is uh, here man, Shit. brother. And so so okay, I got a question for the panel since right. we're all here and we're all live. Before yeah. we talk about what you're working on and you know why you're in town. No, don't worry about that. And. Uh, <laughs> Man, what a radio voice. You hear this guy? Hey, crazy. Man. And he's look. not even on the mic when he's playing. You should see him play. Wait. I'm telling you. Look out. Tell okay. Him. So so does this game do anything for Tom Brady's legacy? <laughs> yeah, show me that he's finished, really. If you can put some pressure other, on him. Other than that's a big if. Nobody's been able to do it since like week 12, 13. Well, they put pressure on him tonight, and he did not w- you know what? This was a game where I honestly feel like McVay lost them the game. He, Which is not never, something I expected to say. Right. Because I I know that the that the Patriots defense played well, but and I don't want to take anything away from that, but they didn't play well enough to stop an offense like the Rams have if they played their game. The the Patriots didn't do anything really to say, you know what, defensively we'll stop this person or stop that. What the, what what happened was that Ty Gurley didn't get the ball, C.J. Anderson didn't get the ball, and they then, decided to put the whole game plan on Jared Goff exactly. for some reason. And then they're one dimensional yeah. because now you're saying that you're going to put a, a a kid back there to pass every down, and That's then true. you expect him to beat him, and you're not going to be able to beat anybody like that That's in the NFL. But but you got to give it up to maturity, though. I mean, you know, Tom Brady just he's a goat for the for the reason that he is, and we all hate it. You know, we are like, oh, I'm not mad at Tom. Touchdown, Tom! He's such a he's such a winner. I'm not mad at him. I'm not Man. mad at him. I just I just really don't appreciate teams. It's the Mike Tyson effect. It's the Michael it's Jordan the Michael effect. Jordan effect. Yeah, I would say Michael Jordan more because oh. Mike Tyson just you know what I mean. Like Mike Tyson had like a certain season, and he just knocked. But see, oh, but, 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 part of that, see, the allure of it all was that that, that was just going to speak speak on it. Yeah. They they lose before they actually have the fight, the match, the game, or whatever it is. They before lose. the bell is rung, they're already losing. The game is already right. over, and this is the same thing that looked like McVeigh did with Belichick because Wade Phillips came there to play. Wade Phillips, like you might, the offense might not do anything, but, but guess what? My defense up. is showing up. And if you should, if somebody would have told me before the game, the Patriots and Tom Brady will have three points going into the fourth quarter, I'd be like, Rams blew them out. Right. At no point, just yeah. like just like last week or two weeks ago, when you knew that they were playing Kansas City, yeah. you're saying, okay, they shut them out in the first half. You're not going to shed Pat Mahomes down for four quarters. No. That's you're true. not going to do it. And, and, and that's what I thought when we were watching the game. We actually watched the game together. I was like, the second half – I've seen That's this. Movie. I've, I've seen this movie. Uh-huh. Right. I've seen Todd Gurley get shut down in four half. I've seen Jared Goff get set down for a quarter or a half. I hadn't seen the Rams just get shut down. Yeah, three points. Come on. Well, and that's all because of their head coach, who's taking he's taking responsibility for it. But that's not enough for me, man. I'm sick and tired of all these dudes. Like you yeah. want blood? You, yeah, because you. Yeah, whoa, he drew that's murder. Hey. He drew first blood. Yeah, <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> they drew first blood. <laughs> I like that. I didn't know about that, Rambo. He didn't know. They Rambo. drew first blood. No, they did because you know what? When you see a team shoot themselves in the foot, it's very, very disheartening. And it's hard for me to support a team that does that because he's showing a pattern now. So I can't be surprised now in the future when he does this. When you go against the best player in the league yeah. and don't give him the ball, and you've done this several times now, why am I, why am I going to support that? I'm supporting bad behavior at this point. Yeah. You're incentivizing. But, but herein lies the problem. Everybody in the league besides Bill Belichick seems to do this. And this is the real problem. Yeah. 
There's no way that you can go roster position position and actually feel like the Rams should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs or the the Los Angeles. I mean the 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 Patriots should have beat the Rams or the the Kansas City Chiefs. What, do you? But believe, they got it done. Do you believe it's pre pre? No, see, this is funny. I watch or it or pre adaptation. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I don't. I don't think. I thought you meant do. I think it's fixed. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't. I think it's preparation. Yeah. And what I felt like, and what I was bumping my gums, and I was dead wrong, okay. was saying before the game was the thing about McVeigh is he has the guys ready. Right. Every game you've seen them this season, he has his team ready. And yeah. this and is why it's his fault because his game plan is not together. They're ready to execute. His game plan, they are ready. And they showed they were ready. Yeah, the they're ready to show they were ready. Whatever he has, but he's followed, they're following his lead and his script. Yeah, and his script, and that's why it works. It's because he's, uh-huh. he's, that's why it works. It's because the team buys into his. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the Patriots have, hasn't had like a, a very like, prominent defense like in a decade right well and not only that so to be able to hold the rams three points all of a sudden it's like is that going to be something that's just going to be well look at this poster child or something like you're gonna be like oh i mean you can argue it's the best defensive performance in the history of the super bowl (laughs) almost right who gave up less than three the rams the 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 bears talking about play wide because the game the game is so watered down now it it can't even compare back back of course but what i'm saying is, is you just look at the points yeah. It's it's pretty it, you know it's pretty undeniable. Let's let's see what our caller. We have a, a longtime Patriots fan who can't wait to jump on. Do it for the tipper post Super Bowl edition. How you feeling about Ram time or the Patriots celebration all over the place? I'm feeling good about the L.A. Raiders. I mean Rams. <laughs> that's supposed to be a joke about the Raiders, brother. <laughs> you think that's funny? <laughs> Yeah, it is funny, brother, because all the Raiders fans became Ram fans real quick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, I can't front on that. But the Raiders, but for good reason, the Raiders, uh, you know, the Raiders don't even belong to the conversation anymore. <laughs> and this comes from a lifelong, the Ra- lifelong Raiders. Day. Oh, they're the London team. Oh, okay. They're the new London team. <laughs> oh, <man>. Anyways. <laughs> what were oh, you going to say? Well, how do you feel about this game? You tell me this. Does this game... How does this game influence how you feel about Tom Brady as a quarterback? Um, this um, that dude's a goat. I'm glad. I'm glad he did win. You're putting it to I'm bed. Glad he did win. He's better than he's better than Joe Montana. You're putting it to rest. Yeah, he's better than Joe Montana. He's the Michael Jordan on the football field. Wow! Wow! What did he do tonight to make you think exactly. that? Exactly. Why? Because. Two weeks ago, they played against Pete. They put up numbers. He didn't. This week, they played against the number one defense <laughs> or number two defense. They don't have a number two defense? Right. The Rams don't? No. The Rams are in the middle of the pack. They just got everybody back well, now. The Rams is an is a elite defense. They're in the Super Bowl. They played a tight game, and he was still able to, to help the England win. I don't know. You sound like you sound like you towing the company line on that one, Timber. I don't know. We got uh, you bagging right now. I don't. I didn't see and Tommy. I'm not, Terri- and I'm not. And I like Tommy. I was terrific, about to say, but I, I actually him do love Tom Brady's work. Yeah. I love because I like people who are clutch. Yeah. So I just like seeing people clutch up in this particular situation. I mean, he got here because somebody else did not clutch up. Meaning, somebody made a mistake. Because somebody made a mistake, and he should have thrown his third interception of the game against the Chiefs. That's neither here nor there. He was in the Super Bowl as he always is. Nine Super Bowls is absurd. First and foremost, you cannot front on Tom Brady or Bill Belichick at all. But tonight's performance 
I feel like is just slightly better than what Peyton Manning did to manage the game against the Carolina Panthers a couple of years ago when he had a monster defense. Right. To hold the Rams to three points is nobody in the world saw this one coming. Right. I bet you Belichick didn't even see this one coming. I bet you Belichick thought to himself, you know what? If we can hold these guys to 21, Tommy will give me 23 points. He'll right. give me 24 points. Right. I bet. Maybe we get seven from the defense or something here or there. I bet you he thought, you know what, we can pressure the kid, and it'll be, you know, that'll be what it is. But uh, pressure him into some mistakes. But uh, almost pitching a shutout, nobody saw that coming. Amen. Nobody's seen that coming. And you're right. You're, you're dead right about that with it being the paid match championship or Super Bowl. Well, why are you acting like he, he just tore, tore the cover off the ball? <laughs> No, I just say that fool. You did. <laughs> no, you did. Ah. You the oh man, he's he had a great game. He's the greatest of all time. <laughs> man, this dude barely got two hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> and I died. So LeBron James make it there nine times, then what? LeBron James just about made it there nine times, right? In a row, yeah, in a row. <laughs> and not only that, LeBron James has been playing basketball against good teams. The Patriots have one of the weak. They play in one of the weakest divisions in football. Now, let's bring that up. They play. They have the Jets in their division. They have the Miami Dolphins, and they have the Buffalo Bills. And none of those teams have been good for the past 10 years. I'm not knocking that, but you still got to get out there and play. All right, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. I feel like the ball in the end zone should have been caught. Should have been. But that was a bad pass. Even though there was separation, even though I felt like, Gilmore grabbed his elbow a little bit early. Oh, I'm talking about the other one and by so, Brandon Cook. So, so I felt like I felt like okay, it is what it is. But then I felt like he ran back to the huddle and said, "You know what, a dog, send it, run it back, run it back, and just throw it up. I'll go get it." So golf goes back to the to the huddle, throws it up, and this dude ain't even looking for the pill. <laughs> you just told me to try to run it back. But I think that he just threw it a little premature. He threw it premature because he got that pressure from the edge, and he wasn't expecting that. He didn't get it last time. I need to look though. Yeah. I, if I if well, I well, he should have threw it out of the back of the end zone. hundred percent, he should have thrown it out the back of the end zone. You but, have to overthrow that ball. But of this is once again on McVay because McVay should have took the pressure off him. If they ever, even in the even in the red zone, if they run that ball, yes, with just Gurley, run it. like they've been doing all year, all year. You saw when he Man. when they ran that counter play on, he busted him up for sixteen like it wasn't nothing. Amen. And I had just told I you, I got something to say about Ty Gurley. What you got to say about Ty Gurley, brother? Yeah. I think I think TG either got a bad back, a bad knee, or a bad hip. You think something? So you think it's bunk, and they're all just keeping it under wraps? I think it's under wraps, absolutely. Because how are you gonna you play about twenty plays in the championship game? You got a week off, two weeks off. Two you weeks. come to the Super Bowl, two weeks off, and you come back and come on, and you only get ten touches. He didn't have 20 plays in that game either. I don't yeah. think he had 20 plays against the Saints because if you remember, the they Saints? benched him against yeah. the Saints. Yeah. Exactly. He on the exercise bike. <laughs> he on the exercise <laughs> Trying to get loose. I'm trying to loosen this hip up. Come on, come on now. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. Something's not right. I, I don't believe it. I, I want to believe that something's get, not right. I, you want to believe that, but I believe that it's bad game planning. And just yeah. like I listened to McVay exactly. talk about, it, it wasn't in the floor of the game. You, he is the floor of the game. He dictates the pace he of sure the game. Does. He dictates the pace of the league. Give Bill when, Belichick, Ty Gurley, and see if, anybody. Guys, see, see if you ever beat the Patriots. Right, right. Even Andy Reid right. would find a way to win with with. Oh, don't, don't be silly. <laughs> you know good well that Andy Reid would find a way to lose. <laughs> he would try. He'll find it. He'll try. Andy Reid, you'll definitely find a way to lose. He'll find a way to lose. Right, you, with, with Tom McVay, with Sean McVay, you really think that he's going to put in C.J. Anderson 
over Ty Gurley? He did. And not only that, he didn't even get the ball to C.J. Anderson. Right, so that Sony Michelle. No, let me no. That doesn't let me know anything. No, because when Sony, because in the past he ran the ball with C.J. Anderson, he stuffed the ball down. He sure did down the other team's throat with C.J. Anderson getting the ball like twenty with the thirty times against the Cowboys. Same game plan against the Cowboys beats the Patriots exactly tonight between Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Sony Michelle carried the ball more than them put together. Yeah, Sony Michelle had eighteen carries. And I do believe that Todd... Because Todd Gurley is hurt. Because he was looking on, he was on the side. I'm looking for that exercise bike again. Just looking for that bike. Todd Gurley said that if you called his number, he was ready. <laughs> now, I have one more thing to add before we move on from you. Uh, do it for the tipper. How did you feel about Big Boy getting one verse off in <laughs> halftime show? <laughs> Man, that was so terrible. That was terrible. Oh, man, that rapper. So, so deaf. Uh, he got one sentence off. <laughs> he didn't even get his whole verse off. I think he got one sentence off. He just got out. He got out the lack and said, "Daddy fat sex," and that was about all he had. That was uh, that was unacceptable. For, for he get more play time at the strip club in Atlanta. Oh, the Magic City. All right, well, we'll leave you to the canyon because uh, you got a little bit of an echo, but we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, this is a very, to me, a very anticlimactic, very disappointing Super Bowl to watch, and and not even just because the team that I was supporting didn't win. Unfortunately, I don't even care either way, and I love being turned up after a game because I care. You know, I don't have to follow. I could go get turned up at a soccer game. Exactly. Because I'm a sports addict, you know? And this game, I didn't see. You know what I didn't see? Now breaking it down, I did not see greatness in this game yeah. at all, anywhere. I didn't see greatness anywhere. I saw greatness from Wade I saw, Phillips. I saw greatness from Wade Phillips. I saw greatness from both punters. Right. Yes. Both punters were had great, great games. Hecker's punt was unbelievable. I hit that right bounce, man. He put him in scoring. He almost put him in scoring position just by that punt. I mean, because it's a game of field position. And in those games, because this is like a throwback game, if you're playing field position, you need to run the ball to, to maintain that. Right. You know, and, and the Patriots actually committed more to the run because their quarterback is on the decline. And I can understand that. But you have to be able to complement that. And they didn't do it. Right. I mean, come on, man. This is too far. This is terrible football man, for the Super Bowl. I thought, it, I thought it was a great football game because it was just, <laughs> I mean, finally it was, you had it was like a chess defense, match. right? I mean, we always talk about offense, but it was it was nice to see some defense. It's right? nice to see some defense, right? And it's I mean, it's, it's boring. But I'm not. Well, see, that's the thing. I like defensive. Games. I, I'm not mad at Man. the defensive game in any sport, to be honest. I was just telling. So you know, my mother has turned into a basketball junkie, uh, and she loves watching basketball. Okay. She can't stand the beard. But she loves watching oh, basketball. Come on, man. No, I'm just you, telling you, you moms can't. Moms ain't feeling the beer, and you're you're Houston Rockets. The Rockets. But but but, but well, listen to this. I okay. was telling her the other night because we watched a game. I can't remember who it was. It was like last night's game. I want to say the Denver Nuggets. It was the Nuggets and the Rockets, and the Nuggets put up 81 points in the first half. Yeah, that was no defense. And I told my mother, I said, you know what? The yeah. games I used to watch in college. 
when the Knicks used to play the Bulls every Sunday. Right. <laughs> or, <laughs> or they either played the Bulls every Sunday yeah. or or the Knicks played the Miami Heat with Allen Houston versus Alonzo well, Mourning. Or they every, the Pacers. Every Sunday. Every single Sunday. Actually, the Rockets. Rockets made up Sunday. I'm telling you, they, we, at we which point. We played last night and we. At, at which point, at which point, the final score of games with Michael Jordan on the court was like 91-83. Scoring a hundred was tough. Scoring a t- oh my god in the East a hundred. Well, nobody was shooting threes though. Was you couldn't. You couldn't just locked. Exactly. It's locked. It's locked. I'm in yeah. you. All right, do it for the tipper. We'll catch you sooner than later. Thanks for your call. All right, Ozone. Holla. <laughs> Late. Yeah, and it, this this the lack of defense now is kind of incredible. Oh man, yeah, man, yeah. Everybody just. But like, let's hear what let's hear what McVeigh had to say directly about the Super Bowl. You know, there's really no other way to put it. You know, I'm I'm pretty numb right now, but you know. Definitely, I got outcoached, and I didn't do nearly good enough for a football team. You know, the thing that's so tough about all this is that, you know, the finality to it. You know, usually when you get a chance, if, if you go through some adversity, you can bounce back right away. This one's going to stick with you and just things in your gut. And like I said, I'm still kind of numb right now, but I have so much love for these players and these coaches. And that's where, you know, it, it really, you know, it eats at you because you feel like you didn't do your part to help them. How you doing, brother? Live on the Ozone. What's your, yeah. what's your name, caller? We we hear we hear you're here oh. via via Eric Jazzman Harlan oh, has given oh, you the man. has given you the calling number to talk post Super Bowl activity. Is that what happened tonight? The Super Bowl? <laughs> I, it, it was a, it was it wasn't super. It was just a bowl. <laughs> uh, well, you know where it was played, right? ATL. <laughs> A-T-A-L. I don't know if you ever been down there, but uh, I, you know what? I I didn't mind the game. I'm going to be honest with you. But do you mind the Mets lineup this year? But oh we'll, we'll get back to that later. Wanted, we'll get back to that later. I had the over under on thirty seconds before you'd ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, how many second basemen does your team have? I asked you that. Almost as many outfielders. <laughs> Isn't that the key to winning baseball games? Oh. Second oh, my oh my goodness! Let's stay. Are we not figure it out. Let's let's stay on task. Let's stay on task. We'll get to baseball in a second, but let's stay on task. I, I, now you're a New Yorker. You can't enjoy. You can't enjoy Boston winning another championship. We just had a Boston caller text in and say it's been a whole 97 days of drought for Boston championships. He doesn't know how the city pulled through, but they're Boston strong, so they did it. Is this a clean show? Can I curse? Or is- the, the, the choice is yours, brother. Do what you need to do. Okay. Well, represent yourself. Boston. No, listen, I'm not I have a I have a complicated relationship with Boston. Of course, I don't want them to win. Uh but as a Giants fan, you know, I don't mind. It was a lot cooler when the Eagles didn't beat the Patriots and Eli was the only one who had ever beaten the Patriots. Um but, you know, had no how, doesn't matter how many rings Brady wins, he never beat Eli. So, I don't really care about the Patriots like that, you know, to be honest with you. Well, it sounds like you're grasping at straws for it. <laughs> but the rest of the world does care. But the rest of the world and the history books do care. I, well, listen, I great great quarterback, probably the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know about best, but probably the greatest mm, quarterback of that's all a, time. That's a that's very that's a great way to put that. Yeah. That's a great way to put that. Well, I mean, when you think about it, there's not a lot of guys you want over him. Um and certainly in a big game, the I don't know, man. I, no, 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 no. Listen, yeah. in a big game, Tom Brady has proven your money is very safe to be bet on him because it, it will not come down 
Tom Brady will not lose you the game. He will not lose your money if you bet on Tom Brady. Right. He, they may lose, but Tom Brady has now, I think this is the ninth Super Bowl. I do believe Tom Brady has left the field eight times with his team in the lead. I, I mean, came front on Tom I put, Brady. I put y'all in the lead. If you can hold the lead, hold it. <laughs> if you can't, what, what do you I, do? What I always, but the thing is, what I always tell Patriot fans is, you could have easily lost every single one of those Super Bowls you won, and you could have easily won every single one of the ones that you lost. This is true. Uh, and without the club rule, which was the first one, mind you, who knows what happens if that... If Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. I'm, I'm, right. If you may want to check our last post, because... I go on a massive rant about this being the luckiest franchise in sports history, which all started from the Tuck Rule because I'm a Raiders oh. fan and Charles Woodson is probably my favorite Raider of all time. And I'm sorry, and, I brought that up. and honestly, this sparks a, a a generational championship run where I think maybe one of the most beautiful things that we can say about this group between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is they have a bond. I got two dogs that are brothers. The dogs communicate with each other without speaking. You can see it all the time. They do it all the time. This what it is what it feels like at this point when you watch Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They have bought into each other's system so thoroughly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so tough. Right. Man. Well, that, I mean, that's also I mean, that goes to a larger debate of like, does did Brady make uh, Belichick or did Belichick make Brady or without either one of them? I mean, is Brady even? Close to the career that he has, if he's under somebody else, no, 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 definitely no, he's not. He's a system quarterback, and that's like well documented. But he's clutch. But he, don't, he, don't he's, sleep. He's got heart. He's not a great athlete. You know what yeah, I'm saying? But he's got crazy heart. But but he he's, crazy heart. He has crazy, crazy IQ. Uh huh. And I don't think that he he definitely Belichick. He needs Belichick more than Belichick needs him. And it'll be interesting to see if, if mm. Belichick retires after he bounces. Because, honestly, it feels now, every time that there's talk about uh, him retiring, Tom Brady retiring, it feels more and more like they're planning a group retirement. Like, oh, you know man. what I mean? And just bounce. Well, and, you know, well, they made I mean, him get rid of Garoppolo, too. Yeah. I mean, I would probably bounce. <laughs> I'd probably, you know, if Brady... He goes away now as the greatest coach of all time. Even though there's still some debate about Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, even though most people now with this win will not feel like there's a debate because he has the he holds six rings. Yeah. I think West well, Coasters, including Tom Brady, feel like Joe Montana's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, well, Omar, Omar, let me ask you this. Uh, like Phil Jackson did in basketball, it, could you ruin your, a legacy like... Belichick's if you were to stay on and just massively fail in another venture, or is it already written? Uh, it's already written. No, I think it's written. I think well, how many rings does Belichick have? He, does he have eight? Well, rings? he had one with the Giants, two with the Giants. Right? That's what I mean. Yeah. I think yeah. he has eight or nine rings because you know what? Most people look at him as an offensive offensive genius, but he's actually a defensive guru. He, he him and Bill Parcells, Ooh. he got yeah. he, he took Bill Parcells to the next level. Yeah, as far as not he didn't take Bill Parcells, but what the Bill Parcells philosophy is, exactly. he studied it, he mastered it, and he put his own twist on it with experience. And now. You just watch a guy completely shut down an offense that realistically should be unstoppable. Right. They have enough weapons right. that if one thing isn't working, something else should be working. You can shift gears. Yeah. Listen, I totally agree with you, but that also goes to what I was trying to say earlier is I really didn't mind watching this game. Like, I know Belichick was going to try and scheme the most brilliant defensive scheme of his career. You have the young guy, McVay, trying to scheme how to stop Brady, like, I didn't mind the defensive struggle. Got to be honest with you. 
No, I, I enjoyed the defensive struggle as well. My biggest thing is that the, the um actually the Rams have the pieces, the personnel to beat the Patriots. It's just that they played out of character. So if you go out there and then you start playing a game that's they not, played out of character. Yeah, and you can't. We've been watching the Rams for eighteen weeks now. That was. So what's with Gurley? What's with Gwai? Well, this Gurley is what we're, this is that's what, what everybody. This saying. is what we're, we're trying to figure out. They're right. saying that there's nothing wrong with them. Gurley's saying, saying there's nothing wrong with them. And somehow or another, he Todd Gurley gets 10, cu- 10 touches. That This this I makes mean, no sense at all. And honestly, he I, was the, sure, he was the most sure bet the entire season. Most sure bet. running back where no one else touched the ball on his team, you know? He's yes. He's every carry, and now you're in the Super Bowl, and he's getting out-touched by fat C.J. Anderson. <laughs> That's what's happening? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, <laughs> yeah. Your phone's about to die. I honestly feel like, you know, even when you're talking about him being injured, which everybody keeps acting like he didn't play. He played in the game, and he was successful when he played. And if you if he was hurt, then he shouldn't have been in the game at all. So, obviously, even when they brought him in in the second half and he ran and peeled off a lot of yards, there's nothing wrong with Ty Gurley. I don't. I believe that there's nothing wrong with him. I just felt like – think Mc, it was McVay getting cute? Com- like, completely. Which is the yeah. same thing that Andy Reid did a couple weeks ago yeah, and decided exactly. he was going to outsmart Bill Belichick by giving him the ball to start the game when he's and got he the highest-powered <laughs> offense and no defense. All right, all right. Uh, the Rams could defer. Know. He he can't defer. Yes. No, and once again, Tom Brady didn't lose in the game. He didn't do much except throw it to Welker ten yards down the field every time. Or Edelman. Uh, how about Edelman? Uh, but- sorry, Welker. God, I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> 2012. It's all good. He got me all riled up about the Giants, and I uh, <laughs> that Brady overthrew Welker. All right, you got uh, you got two minutes. Lay it on me. What are the Mets doing this year? Is it real or is it fake? You got two minutes. Go. <laughs> this, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's our year. Finally, after all the years of heartbreak, definitely no one will get hurt. Uh, everyone's going to play second base. It's going to be great. Uh, Jeff McNeil's going to hit 400. Peter Alonso's going to hit 75 home runs. Uh, all right, so what's the real, what's the real take? Hurry up. You got a minute and a half left. I, dude, I, what am I supposed to tell you, man? Every year we go into this thing thinking the Mets have a good team and they get hurt. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I, they have the pitching. They got – I love the moves they made in the bullpen. Like I said, they have 100 second baseman. Uh, I like I like Wilson Ramos behind the plate. If they stay healthy, it's going to be – depending on who gets Harper. Depending on who gets – I don't even they're, think – They're not even in the, in the race to no, get no, Harper. No, no, no. He's not saying that no, – no. he's, oh. he's saying depending on – as far as the, the National League East. And and they're not even bringing a Peter Alonso probably because that kid's in minor leagues and they're going to do that Super 2 only so they're going to hold him down for a, a couple of months. What, two weeks? No, it's, it's not going to be – he'll come up – you know, Brody said he could win the job out of camp. And he's been keeping his word and being pretty transparent. So – Here's I mean, my we'll thing. See. I like I like what they did in the bullpen a lot, especially with the way that the the game works now. The way that, that managers like to use their bullpen now. Those three guys, as bad as Justin Wilson was for the Cubs, he was actually back to his Detroit Tigers type self last nice. year. He was really yeah. good last year. And they got Juris back, which was a surprise for me, but I thought it was the right move because Juris was actually effective last year. Uh especially for the A's when they got, you know, when they got rid of him. Um, he's a he's a great pitcher. I'm and, glad to have him back. And this kid Diaz is the best closer in baseball. And listen, I, I'm I was shocked as anybody when they went out and started pulling the trigger. Um, honestly, like did. honestly, I think the wink link may be Robinson Cano. To be honest, because 
I don't know if that cool style of play that he has is actually going to help the young guys like I'm in Rosario and these other guys actually make moves. You know what I mean? I don't know if it if it if it rubs off or not. And how is he going to perform off the juice? Yeah. I mean, and how does he perform off the juice? They still got Todd Frazier. I mean, they got some clubhouse guys, I guess in quotes. If they if Thor if Thor and Degrom stay healthy and they give you that great one two horse work. They could be. I think it's about the back end. I mean, is I, I don't. I, I I'm, I'm a firm believer. You still need. You still need. Oh, you said you think it's about the back end of the, the rotation. Sorry, yeah. Stephen. Uh, and let me ask you this. I don't know. I didn't check. I figured nothing went down today because the Super Bowl. But uh, Gio Gonzalez didn't sign anywhere yet, right? You know what? I I wouldn't know. No. I don't think so Not because I'm with you. I haven't checked because it's the Super Bowl. Well, that's the last. Piece. That's what I want. He's always pitched well in City Field. They could use another lefty, and then. We would not have to bring Jason Vargas anywhere near City Field ever again. And and you know what though, Gio, Gio, even though he's up and down in big games, Gio is actually he's pretty good as far as health goes. He's pretty consistent. Yeah. Gio doesn't get hurt a lot. But he's got literally like the greatest numbers in City Field history. What, really? In the for some reason. Yeah. Until you sign him. Yeah, my brother said until you sign him. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. No, it'll, it'll all go. There. I mean, he'll be hurt. But we won't know. You know, career-ending injury when he walks in the building. <laughs> the Dutchies. It's so harsh. Sounds like you're gonna give it to him. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to <laughs> no, give him, no, give him to Tanya Harding. <laughs> I remember having conversations with you before. It's everyone's always like, "Oh, you Mets fans are so pessimistic," and then what happens? I, I, it seems like you guys might have got rid of that strength and conditioning coach that was pulling everybody's hamstring and right. growing, but we'll see. Oh. Definitely got to do something. Well, hold on. And you also told me Conforto was never going to be good ever again. I never told Who you said that. that. Hey, you said that injury, people don't come back from that injury. Wow, you said that? No, 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 no. I was talk- I, this, we had this conversation about Ace. We had this conversation about, about Matt. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. This was about this was about the thoracic uh-huh. outlet. Conforto. It was about Conforto. No, this is thoracic to outlet. Say it again. You said he wasn't going to have the power that he had because nobody comes back and still has the power whenever whatever surgery he got. He had a dislocated shoulder. He had a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. But no, no, no. I was talking. To, I, I remember having a conversation with you about thoracic outlet and about how few pitchers have come back after thoracic outlet maybe to like actually two or three. Yeah, like maybe like two or three since they've been given that surgery out. That actually well, come back and are effective. Well, hold on. Let me ask you to one other question since you're out in L.A. To switch topics a little bit. The Matt Harvey deal that the Angels gave him, can you, what the, what was that? Yo, man, honest to God, the Angels are a poorly run organization. They really are. And, and, and oh, I actually they can't love, even get their I, love I love Matt on a personal level. I love Matt. I actually, I'm happy to have him, but, but, um, the Angels at one point in about 2014 to 16, Honestly, had maybe twelve outfielders on the roster and starters. <laughs> like they had, they had, and we're still looking for more. And they, and they kept, and then <laughs> they went and signed Justin Upton. And on top of that, they honestly they had so many guys. It's a mismanaged organization. I think the game may have slightly passed Mike Sosha by, and slightly, and and, and th- but he's he lives off of the the two thousand two World Series, which was a real highlight, which was one that technically he wasn't supposed to win, and he's been living off of that forever. I think at the very least what they would do well to do is to get a different GM so that Mike Socha doesn't make all personnel decisions as well as Mike player decisions. Gone. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, is this is that this is that that time. Mm. And now what you're seeing is now what you're seeing is that sort of culture has been established. Artie Moreno has seen it as okay for that sort of culture to be established. 
and we'll see where it goes to recycle I mean, players. In in real life, I think that the Angels have the best player in all of baseball, and they don't play him. And I'm not talking about Mike Trout. I'm talking about Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is the best player, in my opinion, because he can throw 97 and he can hit. But they were they were playing him once every five days. This kid might have hit 40 bombs this year if he was in the lineup every day. And he wouldn't be having Tommy John surgery. And he would not be having Tommy John surgery. But instead, they lied to him, and they told him that he was going to be able to play both ways. And he pitches every seven days. And you pitch every seven days, just like you did in Japan. But instead, they lied to him. And now he's got Tommy John, so he can just swing it next year. And the kid is fast, by the way. I don't know if you know this. He's like like really fast. That's the whole reason I brought him up is because when you think about it from the outside perspective, these guys have a generational player. He's a generational player. a one-of-a-kind player that's never been seen. He's talking about Trout. I I agree with you. They got got two one-of-a-kind guys. And nobody cares. (laughs) Because they can't even get to the playoffs. No. When's the last time they've been in the playoffs? That year the Kansas City Royals beat you guys in the World Series. Oh, stop. No, see, it all leads back to that. <laughs> all roads. No, no but, it, but it does, though. Because if you remember, and actually Mike Sosha, Mike Sosha was right in this because Mike Sosha said something about their – there was a uh, – uh, The delay. The delay. The, uh, what, what happened was the team – Oh, right. You remember? They had like a two, like a week, like 10 days off or something like that. And the Royals played the that crazy game – no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. They played the A's. Mm-hmm. They played the A's, and they played that crazy wild card game, and they rolled it. They came in hot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But then they, they, the Astros had that. I'm sorry to bring Eric into this, but if the <laughs> Astros would have took him out maybe. first, maybe they wouldn't have lost to the Mets or beat the Mets. What can you do? I mean, honestly, realistically, you guys, I, I still today, to this day, I haven't seen a better team than that that Kansas City Royals team, me personally. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, that that team, every single night, somebody was able to get it done. I've never seen that before. And I've watched a lot of, lot of, lot of baseball. And I have a lot of teams in my mind that are like, that are right there with them. But that team was like, Toronto man. Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. The Toronto Blue Jays were a powerhouse of dominance. The Toronto Blue Jays had like nine or ten Hall of Famers on the roster. (laughs) These guys had a bunch of ragtag fugitives and young kids that just believed. That believed. But Omar, I look at I was I was in the stadium game five when they lost. Unbelievable. That game was unbelievable. Look, I and everybody, a lot of Mets fans, like, oh well, the Mets had a lead in every single one of those games. There's no reason they should have lost those games. Blah blah, and that might be have some truth, but. But the Kansas City Royals had the perfect team. They never struck out. They put the ball in play, and the Mets they never really struck out. Their like you the know Houston what? Astros. They're they're they're. Oh, I was gonna say they're the last team of that of this generation. But the Astros didn't strike out a lot Astros either. Didn't strike out. They went from last to first and not striking out. Really, the Red Sox didn't strike out a lot. They they none, out none, yeah. none, none, none of these teams that win the World Series strike out a lot, Look, and they play defense. The play. Put the ball in play. Beautiful things happen when you put the ball in play. Don't be oh, like the Dodgers. Do. And it's all about swinging for the fences uh, and either hitting a home run or striking out. It's disgusting. You know? it's dis- we, we could do a whole podcast on that. It's disgusting. Kids these days. Kids these days. Trying to hit home runs. That's it. <laughs> welcome to the party. That's it. Welcome to the millennials. <laughs> and welcome to Tom Brady picking up his sixth ring. <laughs> oh, I'll pass. Oh, man. All right, you got anything else to add? Man, uh, no, I can go back to watching my Bob Ross now, my story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you at the studio? Plug your studio real quick. 
E, talk about the studio. We got we got we got jazz great Eric Harlan here and his business partner on the line. Tell the people about the studio. Oh, GSI, uh, amazing studio in NYC on 29th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue. Um, what is the service that you guys offer there for for entertainers? For uh, uh, fellow musicians, for people like us who are on the road when we need to do a podcast. Oh man, we offer everything. You can come through. You can do your podcast there, man. You can go there and just you know bless the space. You know, and, <laughs> you know, you're close to Penn Station, close to Madison Square Garden. It's, very it's convenient. Very convenient. And a very yeah, warm indeed. studio. Sure. Is. And for the sports junkie and all of us, they have the game on. Exactly. So you can record, lay do. down, whatever you need to lay down. Exactly. And no then you can make score. sure that you don't miss the game. Exactly. Exactly. That's, we wouldn't have it any other way. That's really the only reason we go there, is to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a clubhouse than a music <laughs> studio. You think I'm lying to you. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good times. And, uh, you know, we're creating a very creative music, you know, just, you know, keeping the world as conscious as possible. You yes. Know? You know, in the you know what? I felt like this in the in what I watched you uh, put down last night. Honestly, oh, that was good music. That was oh. really good music. And it, when the music speaks, you know, now I feel like so much in society is about noise. And one thing that I love about jazz, and I think you have to have a certain patience and or maturity to understand the jazz or to accept the jazz, if you will, uh-huh. is is that the music really does speak without words. That's true. In, in a lot of in a lot of the jazz, you That's know what true. I mean. And like the other night when I went down there, man. I didn't hear anybody on the microphone say one word except for to address the crowd in between songs. That's true. Yet each song told a story. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's a it's a listening culture, at least now, uh, because I, I feel like the millennials are, are, are just kind of bringing back that culture of like, oh, we're actually interested in what you're doing. Interesting. Yeah. You know, because before it was like, oh, you know, the cliche of, oh, you're playing jazz, so... Jazz became the title of jazz was also attached to like you had to sound a certain way. Okay. Where it's like now it's not about that. You know, the understanding of what jazz is, is the way that I feel like it was maybe supposedly supposed to be understood. Like it was, it was the, the free improvisation or the fact that it wasn't pigeon held to something or to anything. Yes. It was just wide it's open. open. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times you think, like, uh, maybe an audience won't get that. Maybe they don't want to, you know, sit through a 90-minute set and be like, oh, okay, I, all right, I'm here for that. The audience was pick. wrapped last night. Man. They, they were, you guys, they were completely captive. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know. Young I, people, too. A lot young of young people. people were there. Played I mean, at the Blue Well. The, it's a, it's a, a fairly new venue here in Los Angeles that is, like, honestly, between – I would say Blue Whale followed by vibra- by Herb Alpert's Vibrato Grill yeah. are like the the places to go see jazz here in Los Angeles. And there was a lot of young people at the Whale. I was really – I was surprised at how many – there was a line. That I had to try to use my juice card to, want to get in. <laughs> there was an actual line to people outside the door. Hey, man, you Omar, man. I had to, that's why I went and told them. But <laughs> that didn't work out until I told them I was with E. They were oh. like, oh, oh, hold on. Let me see if you're on the list. I was like, I may not be on the list, but he told me to come down. I had oh, to, you know, I felt like I was in college you're again. You're always on the list. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. no, it's, it's. I didn't get the invitation out to LA, man. Josh is there. <laughs> he said you guys are all there, man. Did you have me and Josh had a good time? Yeah, Josh was saying. He's all up, man. Now I got phone calls. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, you know, we're giving you a preview for the baseball season. <laughs> there we go. 
Thank, oh my god, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not hurt. I didn't hurt my arm. Like watching this. Sorry, go ahead. E. I, we, we play no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not so much to say. That's the thing about you know. I would say personally, being a, a jazz artist is, um, you know, sometimes that's the downfall is that we're just too open. Right. You know what I mean? There's no, like, you know. Hard structure. There's no structure. You know what I mean? Like, even when we try to pay tribute to a structure, we find a way to, to like, dissipate that structure. we like, oh, okay, there's the wow. structure. Like, let's let's play with it and let's play all the way around it. So, like, the and, structure is uh, a starting point? It's a starting point. It's, it's, it's the subject for a conversation. And then the conversation can go anywhere. Like, you, you know, you're not held to just, like, whatever the standard of the conversation is. Like, you can then move that to something else. It's, like, it's just a starting point. Now, if I make a football analogy, it's like when the play comes in, uh, you react to what the defense does. You have an idea what you're going to do, but then something else happens, take advantage of it, that's how it goes. Right. Good analogy? And now, yeah, good enough. And now, <laughs> okay. and now, the cats that you played with last night, right? You played with them all the time, or was this a just they? How, no, did, how that, does that how does that kind of stuff come about? Oh, that comes about just kind of based on. Oh, well, what was my man's name? Was Ben Wexler? Ben Ben Wendell. Wendell. Ben, ben Wendell. Wendell. Yeah, Ben Wendell. Uh, ben Wendell normally plays with this band called Kneebody, which is kind of a more like progressive, not jazz, but. It, that's the thing. You, I don't even know what genre to put them in, um, but it's a progressive group. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we're all getting up there in age, and so now Ben is like, you know what? I, I really want to do the music that I want to do. And, uh, you know, he found a way to put this band together with me and Aaron Parks and Matt Brewer and Galad Hexelman, which is a great guitar player. And... um you know, he has this this project called The Seasons Project, and it's amazing. He's been putting it into works for, like, the last, I want to say, maybe, like, about three years. Okay. He, he started it on YouTube, and um, I remember doing one with him, but, it, it you know, it was the month of April. Uh, and this was, like, uh, maybe two years ago, and it was just me and him doing duo. And then he started, like, these duo projects. He was like, okay, I'm going to name each tune a month of the year. And now it just really took off for some reason. I remember like, last night they, had, they announced one was called September. Dude, the whole set was every month of the year. It was like, wow. okay, now we're going to play January. Now we're going to play March. And you're like, goddamn. And it works. Like, it's something that's relative to people. Like, people can be like, oh, wow. Oh, March. And it may be because of, like, astrology or whatever. Like, right. People feel like they can. Right. But then you put that on them and the people have to interpret it. That's up to the audience. Man, it's it's a, it's a different way of, of dealing with it, you know, versus like pop culture, which is, you know, y- you know, you try to condense uh, a subject matter within like a three minute song, which is very like, you know, um, restrictive, it would seem like, I, you know, it's not res- I wouldn't say restrictive, but it's it's you know, I feel like pop culture has found a way to to take an idea and then they can present it to you within three minutes. It's like, here it is, you know, from top to bottom. Whereas jazz is, we can't, I, I shouldn't say we can't do that. It's just we choose not That's to. That's not the goal. You don't exactly. put yourself in a box. Which is interesting because you're listening, you're, you're on the horn with two cats who love 70s funk music that has the 9 to 12 minute version. Bruh. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, these were, this is, yeah. 
This is as good as it gets. Man. I mean, you know. knee deep is about 15 minutes long, ain't it? And right. on 15 is high. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's the vibe. It's like, you know, you want to be able to really chill and kind of be invited into the space. And uh, and that's what I feel like what jazz is becoming now is that uh, musicians are inviting the public into the space, you know. Or jazz has always invited the public into the space, but I think now maybe people are listening more. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, that's GSI Studios representative, owner, and smooth, soothsaying jazz drummer, Mr. Eric Harlan. Man, that's a smooth voice, Jack. Very smooth. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get us a new hotline. Uh (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk Mets with you soon. Thanks for calling in. And uh, everybody, we're going to put the word out about GSI Studios. Hopefully, we'll send us more people your way. And we can come do us a podcast your way. Yes. Get you live on the mic. We've been talking about that for years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what we can do. Could be this year. We'll go to a game. We'll go to a Dodgers Mets game here and we'll do, we'll do a show. Easy call. All right. <laughs> All right, now. Peace. Thanks, Dan. Later, guys. All right, bro. Yeah, man. This, you know, I wish I had more to be hyped up about. But if I, honestly, if I, I was just sitting here listening to how smooth your voice was and a rage built inside of me. Because I realized that Todd Gurley didn't get the football the whole game. Man. And I feel like a broken record because this is exactly what happened last year yep. when I watched them lose to the Falcons. Yep. The Rams' total rushing for the Super Bowl was 62 yards. How many carries? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Said the blind man. I'll have to dig that up. But I know that the Patriots had 154 on the ground. And the Patriots had 407 yards total. Total yards and the Rams had 260. Yeah, I just want to know about what's happening on the ground. I'm going to let you know what's happening in that ground game. That ground game is looking like 18 carries. One by Robert Woods, seven by C.J. Anderson, and 10 by Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley gave you 35 yards on 10 carries, and C.J. Anderson gave you 22 yards on seven carries. Man. So the ground game was effective. It was effective. That's what, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying 3.6, 3.7 yards per carry. There wasn't nothing wrong with Ty Gurley, as far as I could see. And if there's if there was something wrong with him, you wouldn't have him in the game at all because he's pretty much your whole organization. Yeah. So why would you put him out there just to be a decoy and maybe take a chance of getting hurt by trying to block somebody rushing? I don't believe that there's something wrong with it. It's just a bad game plan. Wow. Yeah. Well, just like you said earlier, you know, when your defense is able to hold Tom Brady to, like, 10, 13 points. You, this is supposed to be a blowout. Exactly. That's supposed to be a dub at the least. Man, at the least. Really, it should be, a, as per how the Rams play, that should have been a blowout. He didn't even throw a touchdown. Right. Didn't even get him a tug. Although, yeah. next victim was talking about he had a great game. I don't know what that was all about. I'll, you know, but that's, it goes back to it. There's the allure. Yeah. People have the allure. And then Tommy Terrific, we can't even call him Touchdown Tommy on this one. Tommy Terrific. Who has the allure of, uh, you know. Tearing it up. Of tearing it up. <laughs> Woo! Dude, you're tearing it up. <laughs> Rage on, bro. Right on. Six rings, dude. So, so basically, can a coach can outcoach themselves. This right? is Pretty what much. we just saw. Yeah. We just saw a coach outcoach himself. Yes, and he, they actually, McVeigh actually did the exact opposite of what you were talking about with your music. Right. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> right. <laughs> He didn't allow the, the rest of the band to participate. <laughs> he did he not. He didn't allow the listeners. It was all in his head. He did not Man. invite anybody in. No, no <laughs> he invitation. He kept them out. No, right, no, right. none. He shut it down. No guest list. Tom Brady had 262 yards and one interception. What? Oh, man, come on. Mm. What was your favorite commercial? 
Honestly, my favorite commercial was probably that NFL 100 commercial. That was mine. It was I loved that. awesome, man. Had everybody there. I mean, everybody was in that commercial. Barry gave you the spin move. Just nice juke. Step back juke. Yeah. Hey, man, look. Had Jim Brown? Man, Jim Zonka? Brown? Yeah. Zonka. Franco Harris made Franco, the catch. Yeah. Immaculate. Terry Bradshaw. You know that was man? great how he took off his rings. He said, hey, hold these for me. <laughs> had young Saquon Barkley in there. Yeah. Now, I, this they is going to sound it. totally ignorant. Who was the woman at the end? I have no idea. I'm sorry. Now, was she known or was that just like to throw in something for the, the Ernie? Obviously, doesn't know. It's cool, Ernie. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, I, I just thought I'd, I liked I, it, though. Yeah, I just thought I didn't know. I thought maybe she was somebody famous from like a gymnast or something because she was right. very small. Yeah. There's somebody I didn't know. But the commercial was dope. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The commercial was dope. <laughs> that I liked was the it a lot. Commercial. I thought that I, I'd like to watch it again. As a matter of fact, and I also like the dude. Maybe Stella. dude, uh, take me a Stella Artrot. <laughs> <laughs> the dude was out there. Had dude. your girl SJP was on the scene. Mm-hmm. Great, some, some great work. Uh, some some solid. Yeah, Those was, people. Man, the good. commercial was better than the game. Yeah, unfortunately, oh. the biscuit costs more than the bird. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> It's all about the defense, baby. It's all about. The I love the defensive struggle, just like I love a pitching duel. Right. Like, this wasn't even. I didn't even consider this a defensive struggle, as the way that you usually see a defensive struggle, because you see a team not playing up to their potential, not because the team is stopping them, but because they're choosing to hold back. Pretty much. I'm not saying that they threw the game or anything like that. It's just that. It was an oversight. Yeah, it was an oversight. And, and an unacceptable said, oversight. Yeah, he said that he got out. He said he admitted it. He wore it. Yeah, he wore it. Now, moving on to, to, to boxing really quickly. Um, we had a fight last mm-hmm. week that we didn't get to talk about, which we need to put some time in about. And it was a PBC championship fight with Keith Thurman, former uh, champion, former WBC belt holding champion, who, in my opinion, you said you don't feel this way, but in my opinion, has fought all comers since he's been at 147. I don't, like I don't know. I would love for you to pull up who he didn't fight. Because I would love for you to pull up who he did fight. Sean Porter, and he beat him. Okay, that's one fighter. Danny Garcia, and he beat him. Pull up Keith's record and show me who was in the division that he didn't fight. That's all I'm saying. And then he's been out of the ring for two years because of injury. And I don't think it was because of the injury. He was injured, but then it wasn't all because of the injury. He just decided to take him a little vacay. I don't know if that was the case or not, but it didn't work out well for him when he came back. Because he came back against, uh, you know, what was not supposed to be a layup, but was clearly supposed to be a tune-up fight with Josecito Lopez, who's a who's a, a I won't I won't say as far as to say he's a shot fighter, but he's definitely on the downside of his career. Got a lot of heart, and one thing that we watched that was beautiful in the pre-fight warm-up was uh, his trainer Robert Garcia was working one punch. He just kept he was working one right cross in the in the pre-fight, and guess what? Come the seventh round, that right cross pass. came to pass. And, and Keith had knocked Jose Cito down early, and it looked like he was in control. And suddenly, Keith couldn't see anything that was coming straight at him. He could not get out of the way. And his neck got snapped. I'm sure he was concussed. After the fight, he was slurring and stumbling. It was, and, and then he's talking about how he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. And I'm here to tell you, that version of Keith Thurman does not beat Manny Pacquiao. Not the old Manny, not... Any Manny that we've seen, no, he 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 looked terrible. He, he he really looked bad because then after that seventh round, from the seventh to the twelfth, he pretty much was on his horse. He ran the rest of the fight. He didn't have any thump on his punches. He they almost stopped the fight in the seventh round. They sure did. And he this was to see it. This was this oh was his God. championship savvy 
because what happened in the seventh round after that, he was almost done and he threw just a couple punches to let the ref know, Hey, I'm still conscious. Don't, don't stop the fight. And, and yeah, man. And he probably won the 12th round. Now I would say that's the, you know, probably the, the, the thing that got it done. He won the fight. I'm, I'm not disputing the, you know, the result. Because he knocked him down. He knocked. Yeah. And he dominated the first half yeah. of the fight. He knocked Jose Cito down, but he wasn't, he didn't look good. He didn't look like a chance. Especially against a guy who's not, not supposed a, to be yeah, on anywhere near athlete. his, his level. Yeah. And he looks like he needs a few tune-up fights before a he fights. A few more. If, if you can get that back. Yeah. Because honestly, what I saw, and I'm a big fan of one time, what I saw was that loose chin. Yeah. You can't have a loose chin and loose body work because he's never been a big fan of the body work. And he got on his horse again. Yeah. And he was running the latter part of the fight, which never goes over well. And if you get into a fight with one of these faster fighters that can cut off the ring, he's going to sleep. He has to. We, he still might be asleep. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. The long one. Yeah. Two weeks in. I think that's a, that's called a coma. Yeah. Well, he was, he, he was looking like he was getting brain damage out there. He looked like he got brain damage. And which was looking terrible. I mean, I hate to see it happen to any of the fighters, especially a guy like him, because you know that he likes to mix it up, but he got caught with a shot and he never recovered. He never, he never recovered. His, he never had any more steam on his punches. His legs never came back. And I'm looking at your man's record and he fought two, Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. Those are the only ones. Who else is at 47? He's in Al Heyman's stable. They won't let him fight anybody. Well, but you said that he didn't, you know, he... He fought everybody there. Luis Calzo, well, Calazo, Robert Guerrero, Leonard Bundu, Holy, Julio Diaz. If you look at, if you look Diego, at Bundu's Gabriel record, Chavez. I guess you can just name out just random. I don't even think those people are even on the list. You just, you're just you making ah, this up. Marcus Luck. Right. <laughs> Cousin of Andrew Luck. Abel Jones. <laughs> Abel Jones. <laughs> I think he was at the Blue Whale with you last night. Right. I'm on boxing, Rick. Hey, man. Look. I'm looking at it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, what I'm saying is is that regardless of that, as it is now, it ain't looking right. I can it's tell not you looking that right. It's not looking and, right. And I, you know, you hate to see a guy check out of his career early because you see some of the guys, you like, wait, this dude might need to wrap it up. And he looks like a guy that maybe needs what, The to next wrap fight it up. should tell the truth. Yeah, the next fight let us know because yeah. nobody wants to see these guys in there getting brain damaged. Nobody wants and, to see and, get hurt. Getting pummeled like that. You know, you look at Adonis Stevenson and look how he, he finished his career up. This is, this is just not healthy. No, it's not healthy. It's gonna, and it's gonna influence the rest of your life. You have to get yeah. out of the ring. At the oldest you are, it's 40. You gotta get out of the ring and live another potentially 25 to 40 years. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at his thing right now. It says suspended by New York State Athletic Commission indefinitely. Yeah, and I, that's that's because of punishment. Wow. You know, if you get stopped before the bell, you get an automatic suspension from the commission. Now, he didn't get stopped, but I think everybody watching the fight could see what the damage was. Yeah. And now they're talking about, by the way, they're, they're talking about Big Baby and Anthony Joshua being like almost done. Yeah. In in the United States. Yes. Exactly what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to coax him out of, out of the U.K., which I know that they're all, everybody's game on getting him out of the, you know, the U.K., but. I know how American boxing is. If he, yes. if he gets into a situation where he doesn't put somebody to sleep, he has a great chance of losing his belts because this is the way that we operate over here. So then in that situation, we can manipulate Anthony Joshua to play games yeah. or to play to, balls. To, start, that, uh-huh. to start having him fight every yeah. couple months like we, against guys we want him to fight. Yes. And, and, and I personally don't think Big Baby is the guy to do that, but I think that I can see exactly what you mean because boxing is a dirty game. Yeah. Man. And so now you talk about him, you know, Big Baby. I don't think he's ever been stopped, but – Anthony Joshua no. might punish him because he talked about he his talked mother. slick about his mom. He's still talking slick about his mom, and he's talking slick about his mom. And Anthony Joshua, if you want, go on YouTube and watch this interview with Anthony Joshua, and he was devastated that he talked about his mom. Wait a minute, man. 
He, I'm still. He, he said, said what about my mom? mom? <laughs> what did he say about my mom? Come on, Mike. If, are nice you words. kidding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no question. He's ready to lay hands. Yeah, and so that, that'll, that'll be <laughs> that'll be interesting. And then then we have the fight that happened last night with the Crusher. Yeah, redeemed himself. He did. He got that dub. He got the dub. I mean, what can you I do? still think that get Bevol is going to give him put him out of his misery. Um, there's a couple of light heavies that are that are not playing with Sergey. He yeah. can't have those off nights. But he enlisted to help a Buddy McGirt, and it seemed like Buddy McGirt had, was able to get his mind right. Buddy McGirt, they asked him afterwards, and he said, "Yeah." He said he listened. He listened the whole camp, and he from he threw, he threw a lot more punches than he normally throws. And the rumor has it that Sergey has a problem with the bottle, so maybe he was able to actually get dried out and trained properly because he went the distance too. So right. it wasn't like you know. And that's not been his strong suit. Right. Oh, wow. At all. Yeah. Um, and there was one more fight that we needed to cover. Who else was fighting yet? Okay. I don't think God wants us fighting. We won. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> On a Sunday, that was nice of you. Um, and we got somebody else that just fought last night. Uh, Lopez fought. There's a matter of fact, there's a, there's a cat who had, had uh, there's a cat who's going to get a mandatory against Lomo now. There's a, yeah, what about that uh, the lightweight fight that just happened? Yeah, that's, you, you're talking about the one that just from the cat down, the cat with the busted jaw that came back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He got that dub. He punished an Italian kid last yeah. night. Yeah, he knocked him out. That actually is why I was late to the – that's why I caught the second the exactly. second set. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, Lopez, I do believe, was his name. Oh, oh what's my man's name? Something? Hold on, let's something look it up. OV. Yeah, because that was, uh, you know what? I know where to look. That's that's my bad. I should. I, I should. No, no, no. We, it's all good. We, we got so much stuff happening. It, uh, it, uh, <laughs> we got so much stuff happening, brother. That's how it works. So it was Valdez. Valdez. Valdez versus uh, Tomasone. Yeah, yeah. And Tomasone was undefeated and he got punished. Yep. And he had that busted jaw and he came back and it looked like his jaw was fine because that kid hit his jaw a bunch. He just didn't have a lot of pop. Right. The only good thing about that is that guy got knocked out. The only good thing is that he proposed to his girl afterwards and she said yes. So he still uh, won. Maybe. First time we've seen the winner, the loser maybe. be the winner. Maybe. How? Well, I mean, come on. She said, yeah. What do you, what, she didn't say maybe. I mean, she said, yeah, after he got knocked out. So she don't. I mean, she can't get any more down. <laughs> she can't get no more down. And then the lightweight she can still leave is, is Richard Commie. <laughs> Richard Commie is they the have. one that won. <laughs> he won the IBF lightweight world championship last night. And I believe now he's the one that's going to fight Lomachenko. Oh, okay. And uh, there was a brother, and he started doing the dirty bird after the fight and the whole song. Ah, there. See, so, you know, already. It could be. I mean, Loma going to put him to the test, i tell you that much. Hey, man. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> put the paws on him, huh? Man. Whoop, whoop. Man. Yeah, they so. They're going to make sound fronts to that. Do they have any? Do we got premiere? I think there may be another fight coming up. PVC may be coming up. Oh, yeah, that's what we got. And because we got to step in now on Showtime because uh, Abner Mars got hurt, so we can't fight Javante Davis. What happened to him? I don't know exactly, but Robert Garcia apologized. A lot of people apologized. So now they got somebody who stepped in. So uh, Tank got to mop somebody up real quick. Tank has to beat up on Hugo Ruiz. Sometimes those are dangerous fights, though. I don't think this is going to be dangerous. I don't think him. it's dangerous either, but it's always a little. But Abner would have been Abner would have been dangerous because Abner is a disciplined fighter, even though he doesn't have a lot of pop, a lot of pop like Javante does. Abner but, wouldn't have been a problem for him. 
Javante comes in unfocused at times. Yeah, but he doesn't make. I weight, haven't seen all kind of I, that. Stuff. Was that was the past few fights? I mean, that was a little while ago. He can't beat Tank. I mean, let's be real. Tank would have walked through him. I do believe. Tank has got a lot going for him for a little guy. He has a lot of heat that he can put on you for a little dude. I really want to see him fight Loma. I would too. But I want to see him fight Loma when Tank is focused. And that's just that. He's been focused the past few fights though. I don't know about that, T. He's been focused for one fight. And it was the fight before that that he was the, I thought the that two, was two or three fights before. It was two in a row that he was not focused. One, he didn't make weight. Yeah. And one and then was I thought like, after the one, he didn't make weight. Then he got his act together. I want to say he even missed one or something. Dude, he didn't even show up? Bro, I saw him down on Figueroa. <laughs> dude. You know what <laughs> Yeah, this man, dude. Tank needs an intervention. <laughs> nah, no disrespect to Tank. Tank, Tank, is, Tank is actually, he has got a lot going for him, and I just want to see him reach his potential, to be honest. But he's supposed to have been fighting Tevin Farmer forever because Tevin Farmer got his strap and got his belt, and, you know, he won. And that's Philly's Tevin Farmer, and there's no... Now, all of a sudden, all that talk, you know, they had that, that square off that they did. I think we just missed it. As a matter of fact, and I'm happy we just missed it at the Mandalay. Oh, really? Outside of, yeah, they had, they had, man, it's just a cuss fest galore. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it oh, on, thank goodness uh, I missed Secbacks that. News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't need any of that. It's a, it's, it's a little bit excessive. All right. For your virgin ears, brother. So, uh, we got that. We had Serena Williams starring in a, uh, Bumble ad on, on, uh, saw that. Uh, and yeah, that was interesting. But what I want to what I want to wrap up with, unless you guys got something else, is oh, we have the awards from the NFL. You know, they let out the awards of the Rookie of the Year and all that. Kind let of them stuff. out, right? Mm-hmm. Release the hounds. Yeah, and I think that the NFL did a good job by having yeah. that at this point, and also by who they awarded. Right, that's true. That's true. It was Mahomes great. won the MVP. Mahomes won. Saquon won the Rookie of the Year. And I love the way Saquon. I love the way everybody spoke. Like mm-hmm. I love the way everybody really represented and the motivationally. Like the the kid from the commercial with the with this prosthetic uh, wrist. Yeah, the, the prosthetic hand. I like that. Yeah, it, it, he was man. That, did you see it? It was. A, I think you were working. As a matter of fact, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause that's how this is all the stuff I was watching. Made me catch the second set instead of the first set. Ah, see. Yeah, there was some good content on last night. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is tennis really quickly. Okay. Novak Djokovic put on an absolutely positively dominating unmatched performance in a final. I have never seen one of the world's top three players play another world top three player mm-hmm. and totally dominate. He just I mean, straight said it, Rafael Nadal. Right. I can't explain to you how unreal that Rafa it, looked confused. And, and Rafa was, was like, me? <laughs> like, yeah, you? <laughs> yes, brother. I'm sorry. I got something for I got 6-2 for you. I got 6-2. I got 6-2. I mean, you, that, we ain't going to bang on you because we just, you know, we got too much respect for you. But he's gluten-free. Novak is gluten-free. Hey, man. He let this, him have was, it. this was unreal what I watched. And I, it was unreal. The, after the first set, I was like, oh, ah, okay, he'll okay, come back. If we, and Novak was like, no, he no, won't. No, actually, he won't. I'm going to dominate him all the way. Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. That's the theme. Come on now. (laughs) Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts tonight. You see it? There it is. It's soup. And there's (laughs) the nuts. (laughs) It's done. I mean, this was was really like. I mean, it was 6-3, 6-2, 6-3, two hours. And you know what? The That's trip, unbelievable. The, the unbelievable part. Yeah, that the was unbelievable. Beat down. Unbelievable part about that is that when Rafa looked like he might be able to yes, turn. Yes, yes, and that's usually when he does it. 
Novak yeah, put the, pre- the pedal. He ain't got no finesse, man. Like, yeah. you know, he's yeah. a power player. Yeah, so no, no, no. He's got it. Don't sleep. Rafael Nadal has it all. He has it all. He has it all. Really, though? Yeah. He does. Yeah. Right. He's got finesse. He does. He's and what drama, he, what he, what he has. He's, I almost want to say he's drum a queen, but I don't want to put him out there like that. But he's mean, though. No, I like he's, him. That's, I like that's, that's why I like him, because he's mean. And even when they were just talking to him, they started talking to him about pay equality and this and the other. And he looked at the announcer. He was like, what does this have to do with tennis? Uh, he's like, what does this have to do with me? He's so focused. Yeah. He's a total jerk when he's on the court. And I can appreciate that. Just like I appreciated it with Kobe Bryant. Just like I appreciate yeah. it with Michael Jordan. I like my superstars to be mean. Yeah, because I they, like them to have an arrogance. Like, why? You shouldn't even. What? Huh? But the arrogance is because they were adaptable. Like, you know, they knew, the, you know, how to switch up the game plan to make to win. You know? That's what the great ones do. Exactly. Like and Tom Nadal Brady, does that. We're talking about. That's why we mad at what just happened. I didn't think Tom Super. Brady made any adjustments. I, he was locked and he stayed locked. He played sad, so they knew they didn't, you know, they they, they couldn't stand a sad Tom Brady. So like, <laughs> oh, shit, we don't know how to play a sad Tom Brady. Oh, well, he missed a pass, so they're going to run the ball. Okay. He threw wobblers. He threw short passes. Oh, man. Nah, man. And Naomi Osaka won back-to-back. Right. By the way, U.S. Open, Australian Open. Really? Yeah. I've been trying to tell people for one solid year. About since, since we covered the match at Indian Wells, I told people this girl is next, and she's turning the corner right now. She won the tournament there in Indian Wells. Yeah. She went on to be a little bit confused in the next for the rest of the year until New York, and it's been Gosaka ever since. She's hard to beat, man. She's hard to beat, and she's getting paid. Looks like she's made seven point six million dollars since this time last year. Well, <laughs> that gum sounded good. What are you chewing mm-hmm. over there? <laughs> Wrigley's brother, Spearman. <laughs> Spearman, you're a Spearman man. This is, we like this you're a classic man. This is my ode to the Cubs, <laughs> Wrigley Field. Mm. Keep keeping the breath fresh <laughs> on the mic. I gotta smell my own breath on the mic. So you know, I want to. I want to come in hot. We want to be minty. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I want equality of breath. Equality. That's what I need. All right, gents. Well, long edition of the Ozone. Eric, thank you so much. Hey, Tell man, the people where they guys. can find you. Oh, uh, oh, you can find me on ericharlan.com. You can also uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter, talk to them. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 all over. I like to stay mysterious though, you know. That's my mm. thing, which makes you search me out even more. Oh, and, and it does. And it does. Or maybe for the millennials, it doesn't. Who knows? <laughs> you know, the millennials, man. You, know. you got love for the millennials. I like that perspective you had. Most people are bashing millennials. I love the millennials, man. Like, they're, they're just, they're savage in a way that, you know, they, they, they just want to, uh, how do you explain it? Like, they want to undo everything that's been done. Donald mm. Trump? Savage. <laughs> oh, no, no. Donald Trump is, that's just some. <laughs> he wants to do everything that's been done. No, no, no. That's no. no, no. He wants to undo everything that President Obama did. Exactly. That's not everything that's yeah. been done. No. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, Man, no. There, there's, a, there's an interest in them switching things up. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, and I like that. I respect that. I respect where they're going. and, uh, and I, From living into tiny homes to... to, to <laughs> I, I have no interest well, in that. Well, yeah, tiny because, homes, you know, to, you know to, everything to that's... the way been, that they transport, to, to not owning anything and being creating a sharing economy, all of that. Exactly. Everything that's been sold to us has been sold to us. And I, and I feel like, you know, they're, they're coming up in the time where they understand that and they're willing to take risk where we maybe we're not willing to take those same risks. And so I appreciate it because it just shows a different perspective. 
And yeah, it sounds like you no. feel like they're in same with the Jazz. Like they're all out of the box. They, they, they smash complete, the structure. Yeah, but let me ask you this: Do you think that they have discipline? That's the problem I, well, I have the with thing, the millennials. It, they have a lack di- of discipline. Is, is discipline something that's you know something that's needed to be had? You know what I mean? Like I, that's the thing. I feel like the American dream. Think about it like this: When the American dream was sold to you, right? It was like, okay, I, I gotta have a home. I gotta have a family. I gotta have children. And you know. As it may be, all that's beautiful. But when you really think about it, you know, when you have a home and, you know, you have a wife and you have a family and you have children, what are you doing? Paying you, bills. Paying oh. bills, brother. Yeah. You just paying bills. <laughs> <laughs> bills. You caught up in that capitalism. Yeah. You caught up in right. that capitalism. And so, exactly. So it's like, is that really the goal? Is that really? You know what I mean? Back like in the gotta, day, but you know what? It's just transferred well, back from, in, from back in the day. Back in the day, everybody had big families. Everybody had farms and stuff like that. Which is also exactly. a different version, though. Then, And I agree with what you're saying. That's right. a different version of the dream, which is more apt. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're talking about living with 20 or 30 people that you, everybody knows each other. Right. Exactly. You're talking about a microtized version that has been bubbled down and yeah, boiled yeah. over. Because if you also apply that to, say, I can remember when we were shooting Miracle St. Anna. And I was just I just hooked up with the homie Ely the other day and we were talking about how we had one day off a week right. and we would go to try to wash our drawers and do stuff or maybe go to the restaurant we like and the cat just wasn't there between two and six. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember going back and being like, Yo man, what what you doing? You would right. oh, I go home, I make love to my wife. Exactly. Exactly. I take a nap, but yeah. Exactly. It was like, well, I guess he's living the dream. What what do I want from well, him? Millennials can't do that. Their pants are too tight. They can't go home and do that. Well, no, they are doing it because, you know, they're not attached to, like, uh, the same results that I feel like that we are attached Ernie to. liked that one. <laughs> Ernie appreciated good tight millennial joke. When we, <laughs> when we hear the podcast, it's going to have some added sound effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back at the Washateria soon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Good times, man. I really appreciate y'all inviting me to the show. No. I'm sorry I didn't have much more to, you know. You, you watched the game. To, you brought enough. We, brought we enough. learned your perspective on millennials. Uh, it's nice. Hey, man, look. Hey, it's jazzy. jazzy. See what I did there? It's jazzy. Oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough oh, what I bring tea. to the game. <laughs> this is the Ozone. We're going to leave you with a quote from John Wooden because I love John Wooden. That's why. Let's leave you with this. It is what you learn after you know it all that counts. That's just a wonderful, this is just a (laughs) wonderful, if you had a coach like that, geez, Louise, and you see how many young men that he turned into great leaders. Right. And that's just the ones we know from his teams. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let alone who knows what we know. Yeah. Went off into the real world. I was like, shit. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, no, this is the art in here is beautiful. This is a beautiful room. That, That quote. That hit it. That was it. Yeah. <sighs> All right, folks. I'm your host, a dejected, uh, non-Todd Gurley MVP winning Rams fan here, Omar Miller. I'm here. Our special guest tonight was Eric Harland. You can find him at ericharland.com on Twitter and Instagram at the same Eric Harland with an H. I'm here with my brother Terry, and I'm here with Ernie the Engineer. Hopefully this thing comes out because Ernie's been struggling. <laughs> Had to put this, you on blast. This okay. is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah.